Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Welcome to On The Rock, God's unchanging word for changing times with Dr. Camille Majdali, Director of Teach All Nations Melbourne, Australia. Dr. Camille lived and studied in the Middle East, served as a principal of a leading Bible college and now travels the world teaching God's word. He has an extraordinary knowledge of the Bible and a dynamic ability to make God's truth come alive in a real, practical way. This episode of On The Rock will give you keys to survive and succeed in the days ahead by hearing and doing the words of Jesus. It is probably the most famous city in the world and center of global attention. In today's program, we're going to learn more about Jerusalem, City of David, City of God. Our series is entitled, The Coming King, Understanding the Book of Zechariah, a verse-by-verse audio commentary, part of the larger Understanding the Bible series. We are now in Zechariah chapter 12, and this chapter has a lot of end-time predictions. It is actually most fascinating when you consider what Zechariah 12 says with some of the world headlines. It's staggering. And so what we're going to see is as we begin chapter 12, the title of this chapter for us is Jerusalem will be delivered. And we're going to learn more about how Jerusalem, increasingly in the last days, will become the center of global attention, global controversy, and indeed, even global conflict. It's all there written in God's Word. And as much as we don't like the notion of conflict, nor are we necessarily embracing it, we realize it's part of being in a fallen world. And furthermore, we understand that God uses the wrath of man to praise him, while the remainder of wrath he restrains. If you want some insight into some of the current events and headlines we're facing, then stay tuned. But what we're going to see is, first of all, our range of verses in this particular segment is Zechariah 12, verses 1 to 5. And it begins with a very majestic description of the Lord God as creator. And not only is he creator of the heavens and earth, but he's the creator of us as humans. He even not only forms our bodies, as it were, but fashions the spirit that's inside. Remember, we're more than just bodies. We have a spirit and soul within. And the spirit and soul is the real us. The body is like the tent that holds or houses the soul and spirit. What we're going to see is, and I'll read it to you now, in Zechariah 12, verse 2, Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all the people round about, when they shall be in the siege, both against Judah and against Jerusalem. Now, this verse alone is worth pondering, because it, first of all, speaks about the people round about will besiege both against Judah and against Jerusalem. So, it's talking about the neighbors of Israel, and uses the phrase Judah and Jerusalem, but Judah, in my estimation, can apply to the whole of Israel, even though it's only one tribe, because Judah became the chief tribe, and all the remnants of the other tribes of Israel came under their leadership and banner. Hence, that's why they're all called Jews, because they come from Judah. 
And it says that Jerusalem, the city, will be a cup of trembling. Think of it like a cup of wine that had a poison introduced to it, or something that when the person drinks of this cup, they begin to reel, to stagger, to become senseless. So when you have this end-time neighborly invasion of Judah and Jerusalem, it's like those that invade drink of this cup and lose their senses. One possibility, but I'm not dogmatic on this, there is a prophecy in Psalm 83. Psalm 83 speaks about the pretty much the same thing, a neighborly, probably end-time invasion of Jerusalem and Judah. And it doesn't actually say the outcome, what happens in that invasion. But uh, the assumption is that Judah and Jerusalem survive to live another day. Anyway, that Judah and Jerusalem is an obsession by the neighbors. Of that, there is no doubt. But what we'll see, especially in verse 3, is that it will go from being just a neighborly obsession to a regional obsession to an intra-religious obsession, and finally, to a global obsession. And when that happens, you know that the footsteps of the Messiah is at the door. Now it's time to read the entire passage from Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 12, verses 1 to 5. Again, Zechariah 12, verses 1 to 5. The burden of the word of the Lord for Israel, saith the Lord, which stretcheth forth the heavens, and layeth the foundation of the earth, and formeth the spirit of man within him. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all the people round about, when they shall be in the siege both against Judah and against Jerusalem. And in that day will I make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people. All that burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces, though all the people of the earth be gathered together against it. In that day, saith the Lord, I will smite every horse with astonishment, and his riders with madness, and I will open mine eyes upon the house of Judah, and will smite every horse of the people with blindness. And the governors of Judah shall say in their heart, The inhabitants of Jerusalem shall be my strength in the Lord of hosts their God. This is Zechariah 12, verses 1 to 5. First of all, the primary verse, or the first verse, Zechariah 12, 1, it speaks about God's majesty. And oh, by the way, what should we call this particular segment? I call it Jerusalem, center of world attention. But as we look at Jerusalem, center of world attention, we need to look at the God behind Jerusalem. And here in verse 1 of Zechariah 12, here is a verse of revelation, talking about Almighty God, the source of the upcoming prophecy. It speaks of him as creator. It says he stretcheth forth the heavens and lays the foundation of the earth. This is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of the Bible, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it's talking about. And it says this is what he can do. He stretches forth the heavens and lays the foundation of the earth. That's why when we understand his creativity, his omnipotence, his omniscience, and his omnipresence, which simply means God knows everything, omniscience, 
God is all-powerful, omnipotent, where we get the word potent, and omnipresent. He's everywhere. You can find him wherever you want. So, because he does this, he stretches forth the heavens, and he lays the foundation of the earth. That's why we can honestly say, with our God, nothing is impossible. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. Do not limit the Holy One of Israel. And that's what it says in Scripture. Do not limit the Holy One of Israel. And again and again, we understand that our God can do anything. He is full of power. He is full of grace. He's full of majesty. He's full of mercy. He's full of truth. He's full of love. And of course, he is just. He is just in all his ways and holy in all his works. But Zechariah 12, 1 says more. It says he forms the spirit of man within him. So he not only brings into being the heavens and earth, but he takes meticulous care in creating us. After all, he not only forms the spirit within us, but he even numbers the hairs on our head. So he's both macro-focused, but in another sense, micro-managed too. Therefore, in light of his omnipotence, the following prophetic word should take extra meaning. Credibility, reliability, faithfulness, all this you can count on God to fulfill as he gives forth his word. So in Zechariah 12, 2, he speaks of making Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all the people round about. Remember that God, the Creator, will make Jerusalem, or create Jerusalem in this case, a cup of trembling for the neighboring people. It's happening for a simple reason, because they will finally besiege Judah and Jerusalem. Drinking from this cup will cause the person to go senseless or to reel. They'll just stagger to and fro like a drunken one. Now, of course, what or who would cause such an invasion? And ultimately, we believe it's the kingdoms of this world and the forces of darkness behind the kingdoms of this world that basically would start this invasion to prevent the coming of King Messiah. Because once King Messiah comes, those other realms, dominions, powers, and principalities will be put out of business. Revelation 11 and verse 15 will come to pass. The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. So it's not surprising you will have this kind of reaction. If you want even more detail, read the second Psalm. Because in Psalm 2, it asks the question, why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? And the reason the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed is because the king is coming back. Even if the kings don't fully understand this, that the rival king or the king of kings and lord of lords is returning, just remember the spiritual principalities and powers in heavenly places that are behind these kingdoms, they perfectly understand what's it all about. Just remember that during Jesus's earthly ministry, like in Galilee, even though the people who heard his ministry were healed, had devils cast out of them, and were fed by the loaves and fishes, they still didn't understand who Jesus of Nazareth was. But 
the demonic forces perfectly understood. Isn't that what they told him? We know who you are, the Holy One of God cried the demon. So basically they said, are you come to torment us? We know who you are. Well, the demons know, and they can stir up trouble with those that are not led by God, not filled with God's Spirit, not born again by God's Spirit. So they are connected with, or shall we say, they are vulnerable to being manipulated by spiritual forces of power and darkness. Now, once you're born again, once you are filled with the Holy Spirit, then you cannot be under the control of Satan and demon powers. And not that they necessarily possess you, but they can, well, they can move you. Sure, there's some that can be possessed, but really it doesn't take possession to get demonic powers to motivate people to do all kinds of things. God will counteract this and he'll do so very well. Then we go to verse three of Zechariah 12, and this is really amazing. It uses the phrase, in that day. And it's a phrase that's used repeatedly in Zechariah. In that day, particularly chapter 12, the one we're in right now. What does this mean, in that day? Presumably, it means the day of the Lord, which is not necessarily a 24-hour period, but the transitional zone from the earthly kingdoms to the heavenly kingdoms. And it says that God, again, he's the creator, He was going to make Jerusalem, not just the cup of trembling for the neighbors, but it says a burdensome stone for all people. So what does that mean? It means that the time is coming in the end that Jerusalem will be of world interest, even of world obsession about Jerusalem and Judah. Just remember this, in the first 45 years of the existence of the United Nations, which was birthed in 1945 in the aftermath of the Second World War. In that period, what we see is that there was something like one-third of all its resolutions was devoted either to Israel, Palestine, and or Jerusalem. Now, that is an enormous amount of global attention for this postage stamp of real estate only 420 kilometers long, 110 kilometers wide, and about 8 million people in it. That's a lot of people. And that's not perhaps counting people in the territories that are also between the Jordan and the Mediterranean, but all this is the center of global attention and becoming more so. More peace summits, more shuttle diplomacy between Western capitals and the capitals of the Middle East, more proposals given, more rejection of those proposals that are given. It goes on and on. So we already have global attention given to this part of the world. What we're not sure of, or actually what the world is not sure of, is what will happen next. But according to this prophecy, the global obtention and controversy will eventually turn conflict. We will see this more particularly in Zechariah 14. So, yes, the world is interested and obsessed with Judah and Jerusalem. But listen here. Whoever burdens themselves with Jerusalem will be cut in pieces, despite all the global attention. Look, there's all kinds of talk of what to do about Jerusalem. They call it the Jerusalem question, meaning that ever since the Ottoman Turks 
relinquished or lost control of Jerusalem in 1917, the question of who gets to own the holy city has remained pretty much unresolved from a global point of view. And it continues to be unresolved, despite the fact there's been something like six dozen proposals, or five dozen, I think, actually, five dozen proposals on what to do about Jerusalem, this Jerusalem question. And it really doesn't just involve the whole of the city, and not even necessarily just the old city, the walled old city, the historic heart of Jerusalem, but 14 hectares of sacred space called in Arabic Haram el-Sharif, but also known in English as the Temple Mount or the Noble Sanctuary. This space is what really has the world's attention, and even in the time of the Bible, let alone today, it has been the source of uh, conflict. So, will Jerusalem, which has none of the ingredients of greatness, become the center of international conflict? Well, consider that Jerusalem, a city under one million people, has none of the trappings of greatness. Therefore, could such global attention even be warranted? And what I've been trying to say is, it's already happening, warranted or not. Now, bad news for the horses, verse 4 of Zechariah 12, because in that day, that phrase again, the horses will be struck with astonishment and the riders with madness. God will open his eyes on the house of Judah and strike every horse with blindness. And then the governors of Judah, finally, in Zechariah 12:5, who these governors are is not clear, though they could be regional leaders in national Israel. They will look in astonishment at the global attention and divine response involving Jerusalem. And they will call the people of Jerusalem my strength and the Lord of God their hosts. Now, this lesson of Zechariah 12, 1-5, is called Jerusalem, Center of World Attention. And our lesson for life is this. When it comes to last day's prophecy, have a Bible in one hand and a newspaper in the other. Remember to go to our homepage, where you can sign up for the free monthly Issachar Teaching e-letter. It's an email magazine helping you to become future-ready with articles on the Bible, victorious living, and current events in the light of God's Word. You can also visit us at our Facebook page, Teach All Nations, Education, and thank you for liking our page. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are very much the powerful Creator God. You also graciously show us an early warning service of things to come, not to make us nervous, but to make us spiritually ready. So help all that hear this message realize the most important investment they can make is in their spiritual life. And for this, we thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Today's On The Rock was brought to you by Teach All Nations. If you would like more information about this ministry, to download podcasts, view our online store, attend special events, sign up for our teaching newsletter, make a donation to support this ministry, or to invite Dr. Camille to speak, log on to www.tan.org.au or write to us at Post Office Box 493, Mount Waverley 3149. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.